Welcome in to another episode of the Growing Faith Podcast. My name's Rick McClatchy. I am a staff pastor here at the Rocky Butte campus of Manor House Church. We're located in the Portland metro area and also have a campus down in Eugene. And you know I always like to say go Ducks when I talk about the Eugene campus. I know probably anybody that listens to the podcast from Eugene, they probably just think... I'm such a joker, you know, because like all you ever talk about is the ducks when you talk about the Eugene campus. I know there's a lot better stuff going on down there than just the ducks, Um, but uh, I like the ducks. All right. So uh, so what are you going to do? Anyways, it is great to be here today and I'm really excited um, to 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 dive into a new topic. We're actually going to kind of open up a little bit of a series of episodes to talk about um, the subject. all uh, commonly referred to as spiritual formation. And as I even say those words, you might go, hmm, I don't know what you mean by that. And that's okay. We're going to take some time to kind of define those terms and and then talk about some of the different facets of spiritual formation. Um, I personally, uh, I definitely am on a journey of spiritual formation, but I would not really consider myself to be what you might call an expert. So I called my friend Sue Um, who I think is much more of an expert than I am, and that will just intimidate her, I know. Um, And so, Sue, welcome in to the Growing Faith Podcast. It is genuinely an honor to have you on the podcast. And so, um, why don't you just uh, tell me, uh, tell the audience just a little bit about yourself and and why maybe I would ask you to come in and kind of contribute to this topic. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to be here, and I love talking about God and all that He's doing in all of our lives, so I'm excited about this opportunity. Um, so my name's Sue Giordano. I um, live in Portland, Oregon, so I go to the Rocky Butte campus of Manor House. Um, I have been walking with God um, for a long time, um, but most um, recently started in seminary school in spiritual formation. So it's something that I'm super passionate about. Um, to learn more about who God is, who I am, and how my relationship with God um, can be stronger and more, and just more powerful. I think there's a lot um, to our relationship with God that we have not tapped into, and I personally want as much of God as often as possible. So I'm um, excited about being here and talking about spiritual formation. Come on, that's so good. So um Going back to kind of the introductory thing, even as we were talking before we hit record today, uh, I remember the first time I even heard the term spiritual formation, and I, I, I cringe to think that it was like 20 years ago, um, but it feels like yesterday, 20 years went by really fast. And so, um, so I heard the term spiritual formation, and the person that kind of introduced me to the the term was kind of weird. I mean, and so I actually had kind of this weird introduction to the term spiritual formation. So I kind of actually for, I would say for quite a few years, I had kind of an attitude about the whole idea. And um, so I think it's important that as we start into this journey, that we take a moment to really clearly define what, what is it that we mean? What is it that you mean by, by the term spiritual formation so that we're clear from the get-go of the kind of thing that we're talking about and people don't carry in any kind of baggage <laughs> like I did. And so um, what? how would you define uh, spiritual formation? Yeah, when I go back to the basics of what spiritual formation is, it's, um, it's really about our relationship with God, an intimate relationship with God. And 
Um, I think I was drawn to spiritual formation when I started back in school because I've, I'm a therapist by um, education, um, and so I've always wanted to know me better and to know other people better. Um, and spiritual formation is just what I think of as just another way of dig digging into who we are and who our authentic self is and our relationship with God. And so when you think about spiritual formation, it's really about how do we continue to grow closer to God and how do we get closer and closer to being the person that he created us to be um, when he created us way before we even knew ourselves. So when you think about it, it's an intimate relationship with God, but using all we know about God and ourselves to be closer and to draw closer and to be a much more intimate relationship. Yeah, I think that that is a great, uh, that's a great start into the topic of spiritual formation. And I think that, um, I don't know, there might be people out there that kind of respond negatively to the whole um I don't know. In America, we're very self-centered. And so sometimes when people start talking about knowing themselves and finding their true self, um, there can be this negative reaction to some of those kinds of phrases. Um, and so I always, I'm always like qualifying and, you know, whatever is that where I go to kind of balance that out in my mind is that God created us in his image and so it really is understanding. It's kind of like if you're going to go on a journey, you need to know where you are so that you can figure out how to get where you know you need to go. And so um, God has called us to become more and more and more like him. And that is done only like Philippians 2 says it, it's him that works in us both to will and to do. So it like the desire and the ability both come from him. Right. And so. Um, as we get to know who he is, we can become more like him, right? I, we can't become something, we can't become like something that we don't know. And we can't properly adjust ourselves if we don't know who we are. Correct. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. So I guess that would be where, I don't know if that's helpful for anybody, but just I feel like the clarification is useful um, to say, we're not talking about digging, you know, finding God inside yourself because, I mean, we do believe, you know, Jesus comes, you know, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us. So we do believe that in some respect, God is in us, but uh, we can't look inside ourselves to find God. We need to look to God really to understand our true selves, right? We can't understand our true selves outside of who he says we are because he's the one that created us. He's the one that gets to define who we are, what we are, and where we should go. Do you agree with all of that? I do, but you can also just look at marriages, right? So when you get married, you're in a relationship, you're in an intimate relationship, and every year, I think at least, I would assume since I'm not married, but... <laughs> um, I'll correct you. <laughs> <laughs> um, that you're always getting to know that person better, and as you get to know that person better, your relationship becomes more intimate, and it becomes... Um, just more rewarding. And so like a lot of marriages that I've talked to, they said, you know, the first seven years are hard because you're in this selfish kind of stage and figuring out and doing the dance. And really where they say their sweet spot is, is after 14 years, because you have learned to know each other, you've gotten closer, your relationship has changed, but you're always pursuing them to know them better. And it's just the same with God. And they're pursuing you to know you better. Um, so in, in spiritual formation, you're pursuing God to know him better, but you're also pursuing you to know you better. And so I think about that dance as in a marriage. And, 
um, as you, and you should never not be curious, right? We should never get stagnant in any type of marriage relationship, anything that we have. We should always be curious about that other person and always desiring to learn something new. And that's spiritual formation, just always that desire to learn more about yourself and about God. Because we don't, we don't know half of what we, there is to know about God or ourselves. That's a really great picture um, to paint that um, certainly, for, I think, for most people that are married, that would be a quick win to have that picture painted for them because, oh, yeah, okay, I get it. Because uh, I, I think about in the last, I don't know, year or two, um, you know, everybody talks about the Enneagram, right? And so, and I think we'll talk more about that maybe later in one of our other episodes, but um, a quick segue and it just exactly what you just said about understanding yourself and understanding the other person making the relationship work so much better that it, it can't just be one or the other. I can't just understand the other person better and forget about knowing how I'm operating, how I'm thinking, how I'm responding to all of the different stimuli that come my way. And so um, my wife and I actually you know, we, we took the Enneagram test and we got our numbers and we read about what those numbers kind of represent. Um, and it's actually been deeply insightful. Mm -hmm. And so things that I have misinterpreted from my wife for years now, now are making way more sense and it's causing um, much more of a dance feel in the working together through things rather than, I don't know what a great, uh, opposite of dance, I don't know, you know, struggle or whatever, you know, just because as you, um, and I think that the picture then translates very well to our relationship with God, where, you know, we will talk about God's goodness. One of the things we were talking about before we recorded is, you know, people, when things are going good, people say, amen, God's good, God's good all the time, all the time, God's good. Um, but when things are hard, do they say God's good all the time and all the time God is good? Maybe not, maybe not so much. Um, because we tend to measure or judge God based on our circumstances rather than judging or analyzing our circumstances in light of who God is. Um, and that, that, that's a quotable quote right there that I earned the hard way, okay? <laughs> I definitely judged God based on my circumstances for a really long time um, and still in the journey of learning how to... Um, uh, process my circumstances in light of who God is. Like, and so uh, I invited you here to come and talk about stuff, not for me to talk about everything. And so uh, anyways, I, I love that picture of the marriage. I think that is a really, really great way to help encapsulate why it's important to understand more of who you are and also more of who God is. And so um, with that, we'll just springboard into the first real section of spiritual formation that we wanted to talk about is the topic of knowing God. So uh, why don't you just, uh, let's just launch into that idea and um, walk me through that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the first one, just kind of what you talked about is like, do we, how do we experience God on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, is it around our circumstances? I just was talking to a friend this morning and she was telling me kind of how crappy of a week she had and she was like, but God is still good. And she could say that amidst even the things that were going on in her life. And so when you think about knowing God and how you live out knowing God, so we all know what the Bible says. 
we come from an intellectual standpoint that we can say God is good, he's faithful, he's loyal, he's all these things. And we say that, but do we live that way? Do we experience God that way? So when things are going good, it's easy to say that. But when your house burns down, you get laid off, you have a health issue, what are you saying? And I know for me personally, I used to be like, why God, why? And that was a big thing of like, why do I keep asking why? I don't need to understand these things. But by asking God why, my assumption was God allowed it, he made it happen, what have you. And so it was changing my perception of who God was. And I wasn't saying God's good anymore. I was saying, I don't get it. Um, instead of saying God's good and he'll use every circumstance in our life for good, whether he caused it or not. Um, and so I just, as you think about knowing God, it's really important to understand what you really believe about him in your heart of beings. And, it, and, and if you don't know, just look at your bad circumstances and see how you reacted. Ask your friends, ask your spouse, um, how do I handle things um, when it's not good? Am I still praising God? Am I still worshiping God? Am I still claiming who he is, that he's good? Um, and have a sense of that. And there's lots of ways to do that. Like I said, you can ask people around you. You could also just think of what you, what your image is of God when you are in a creative space of what, what's my image of God and who he is? What does he look like in my mind? Um, and for me, I think I finally got to a stage of just like God's light and he's, he's um, there's no thing of uh, image of love, but it's light and sunshine and just joy, a picture of joy and beauty. Um, and so I try to remind myself that, that he is always that, regardless of what I look like around the world. That's really good. Um, and, I, and I like that you kind of walked out that thing because, again, I'm always thinking about the people that are, that are kind of objecting to the, what do you mean? Like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't try to go into my mind and see, like, what my picture of God is. And we're not saying to just make up make up what God, what God is, who God is, what he's like. We're, you know, we'll talk about how do we get to know God better. But asking yourself that question and taking time to sit and think and process, who do I think God is? And, and, I'm, and I, love, I love that you're saying, hey, ask some people around you. Because sometimes we lie to ourselves a little bit, right? We're a little dishonest. Oh, I think God's good. Uh, well, you know, if if I ask my wife, she'd be like, "Well, that's not how you were acting yesterday." You know, when this happened or that happened, and um, and uh, my wife and I are just constantly having those conversations about maybe something challenging that we're facing, and we're like, "Man, this situation does not make sense." But we know God is good, and we know that God has called us to this place and to this thing, and you know, to this this area that we're in. And so this challenge does not surprise him. And so how are we supposed to respond to this situation to honor him in the midst of it? Because we know those things about him. So when you say, try to understand the picture that you have of God, it's not to say, and that is who God is, but it's again, part of knowing who you are so that we can address inconsistencies or inaccuracies or things that need to be adjusted because we might think that God is cruel and hateful and ready to bop you on the head. And there's some room for fear of God. Um, or we might think that he's all love and sunshine and, you know, and no, no accountability, no righteousness and holiness or anything like that. And so, um, so I guess maybe that launches us then into the next question 
if it's so important that we know who God is and we need to ask people around us to even help us understand the way you live your life, how does that, how does that reflect what you think about God? And then maybe now we've identified, hey, there, maybe there's some challenges. <laughs> maybe there's some challenges in the way that I see God that may not be that accurate. What are, what are some of the hows that you would give sure. on how to know God better. Yeah, and I and I also want to address your question about the challenges because there are going to be days that we're just going to struggle, and that's okay. Like, I don't expect every day for me to be like, okay, everything's great and sunshine. That's not who we are, and that's not being true to who we are. And so some days are just going to be whatever they are. Um, and just let yourself be that because God can handle that too. Um, but in the essence of your being, you know he's good. Even though you may be mad, you may be upset, whatever's going on, you still know he's good. So just let that be. And don't ever think that we're ever saying, every day you got to be like, God's good, God's good. Because um, that gets a little fake. So <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> no, I love that because I, I think uh, one of the pictures that I've used to communicate that kind of concept to people is, is Job. Like yeah. Job was really... He was really successful, honestly, in walking the journey of faith. Was he perfect? No, by no means. Um, but I think, um, I think he was winning a victory. Every day that he stayed faithful to God in the midst of his challenges and trials, he was winning a victory. Um, though he wasn't receiving a trophy, he wasn't receiving any accolades or honor. Um, but I think of, you know, sometimes we think in order to be victorious, in order to be winning, we need to like feel like we're winning. But I think sometimes, and you can correct me if you think that I'm wrong on this, I think sometimes victory looks like sitting in a pile of ashes and scraping your boils with broken pottery, you know, like because he was judging the enemy, because the very accusation that came against God is people don't serve you because you're good and because they serve you because you're good to them not because you deserve it or because they love you because just because, right? And, and so every day that Job continued to love God in spite of his desperately horrible circumstances was a judgment against the enemy. And he was winning a spiritual battle even though all he was doing was surviving, really. Any thoughts about that? Amen to that. But first of all, you're the pastor, so I wouldn't correct you. <laughs> that was rule number one. <laughs> do not correct me. <laughs> on a podcast where others are listening, so respect for your elders and your leadership, I mean. So, um, but no, amen, because, and that's, you know, brings us right into what we were, you asked me earlier, is how do we get to a place that we know who God is? And that's exactly it, going back into the Word. So, God's the same today that he was yesterday and that he'll be tomorrow. And so understanding who God is, even in the Old Testament, so Job um, is a great example of that because who God is is the same. And so if God was good yesterday and you said, oh, God is good yesterday, and today he's still good. Um, he doesn't ever contradict his nature. Um, and so really looking into the word of who does who is God and understanding those scriptures around how how and who God is and how others um, just lived out their life knowing that God was good and steadfast. And so just going back into both the Old Testament and the New Testament, I think it's important to understand the history of the Old Testament. Oftentimes we tend to stay in the New Testament because it's all good and Jesus was around and we love Jesus. And um, But the Old Testament, it, it can be hard because there's a lot of hard things that happened in the Old Testament. 
but God was always there and always good and waiting and never forsake them. And he just kept calling them back to him. Um, and I just love that picture of he's always there with us and he's always calling us back. And so when you experience God and the power of who God is and knowing him better that way, it just, it, it helps be able to see his full character. Yeah, that's so good. I, I love that you're saying that. I was just the, where I'm at in my current Bible reading plan. I'm working my way through some different parts of the Old Testament that if I'm really honest, I, I don't spend massive amounts of time there. Um, but, but I'm like, no, I'm committed. I'm committed to this reading plan. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And, and I'm trying to actually go a little slower and just kind of like, you know, I, I've got a good study Bible. And so I like to like read the study notes and kind of process some stuff. And if I read a section and I don't understand anything that I just read, I go back and try to ask myself some questions and think about it a little bit deeper. Um, and you're right. Like what I am finding is just not necessarily a ton of stuff that I wasn't already aware of. Cause I have spent a good bit of time, you know, in the word and over the years. Um, but it is so healthy and so refreshing. Um, like just this morning I, I was in Jeremiah one, two, and three, and there's some really challenging stuff, you know, but they, but it's like the character and the love and the faithfulness and the, just the pursuing love of God that he would continue to go after people that are just denying him. And, and, you know, like one of the verses says, you have turned your back to me rather than your face, you know? And I was just like, whoa, how many times have I turned my back to you rather than my face to look to you? And who am I that I, that I even think I have the right to do that, you know? And so, gosh, um, yeah. So having an old Testament and a new Testament, I love what you're saying about God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's, he's unchanging and he cannot contradict, contradict, contradict. Yes. Thank you. Um, we'll edit that out. No, <laughs> um, can't, he can't contradict his nature. And so he is good. He is love. Um, he is holy. He is righteous. And so he can't contradict that at all. Um, and so if there's a time where we don't understand it, it's us it's kind of us that has the problem, right? And that's why one of my very favorite verses in the whole Bible is like, it's kind of one of my, it's one of my themes, you know, is uh, Psalm 119.68. Lord, you are good and you do only good. Teach me your decrees. And I, and it's like just such a full, full verse. Like you are good. Everything you do is good, but you know what? And, and this is me inserting a little bit of commentary in the middle of the verse. But you know what? Sometimes it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so, dear God, please teach me your, your statutes. Please teach me your ways because I don't understand what you're doing. And so, so what it is is like the truth is you are good. The truth is you do only good. Sometimes I don't understand, and so I, I need more understanding. I need to understand who you are and know how you work. And so that I – so take the place of humility and wait for him, you know, to fill in the blanks or just trust him because he is good. So, um, all right. So I talk too much. I know it's great. No, but so I want to say something because I'd love that you bring up Jeremiah because that's where God has me sitting in in this in the last couple months is Jeremiah. And when I think about Jeremiah, and you know him better than I do because um, you've studied the Bible longer than I have, but um, he just was continued. His circumstances were not great. 
and he continued to profess God's word and everything that God asked him to do. And even though sometimes he didn't want to, and even though it was hard, and even though he was in a hard place, he continued to be true to what God asked him to be and who he was supposed to be. And so I just love the picture of, of, who, of his perseverance to continue to push forward um, in that situation um, in his and who he was. But for me, like the Old Testament, I'll have to be honest, I've been walking with God for a long time and I'd never read the Bible through from beginning to end. And so last year I finally did. And it was life changing in the sense of like all these stories that everybody talked to. I'm like, oh, this is that one. And this is that one. And um, just the depth of that's in the Old Testament. I'd read the New Testament, but the Old Testament, it was just like, wow, there's so much here that that is, um, is, is what we live in today. Um, and so you can go back to that. And it's like it's the same as we live today. And so it's just really, really rewarding. So, Yeah, we actually just did uh, six episodes with Lanny Hubbard from Portland Bible College. And we, we were talking about the why of studying the Bible and then some of the how and, and that kind of thing and, and understanding context and understanding how to kind of, you know, a, a little bit of a basic introduction to kind of the concepts and principles of hermeneutics to be able to yeah. properly understand what the Bible says and properly apply it to our lives because the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword and exposes all of our terrible motives and intentions of our heart and all that kind of stuff. So it's so important that we become students of the word. Um, and, and I'm telling you, I really want to help um, the church, you know, obviously my place is at Manor House. So I want to help Manor House specifically. I want to help us get better and better and better at helping people get into the Word of God, know the Word of God, um, because I literally, I, I grew up in church, and I was, I was 18 years old, and I decided to go to Bible college, and I took uh, a um, Old Testament survey and New Testament survey my freshman year of Bible college, and I'm telling you, those classes like rocked my world because all of the sudden, I think technically I had read the entire Bible at that point, but I hadn't read it and understood the flow and, and the big picture and how things all fit together. Like it was 66 completely disjointed books that had no connection and no like continuity or anything. And so, uh, man, I remember just my mind being totally blown as, as you know, Lanny Hubbard and, and some of our great uh, Bible college teachers just blew everything open. And like, I was like, oh, wow, the Bible is awesome and it's helping my life more than ever. And I'm getting a clearer perspective. And really, um, because like, man, we're living in some pretty challenging times where our circumstances are kind of crazy. And if we're not rooted and grounded in truth, then goodness, what are you going to stand on? How are you going to endure? How are you not going to just lose your ever loving mind in the midst of some of the stuff that we are, you know, processing through? So it's like all, all the more I'm so passionate about it in this season is, and, and to understand that the Bible is really part of, it's a humongous part of the process of knowing God and that knowing God is the thing that anchors us because he is the maker mm -hmm. of heaven and earth. It's one of the things my wife and I were just talking about the other night. I'm like, man, I've just been thinking about how God is the maker of heaven and earth. What the heck am I so fearful about? Yeah. 
Why am I so anxious? Why am I so worried if the God that I serve, who is good and does only good and loves me, created me, he's the maker of heaven and earth. Like, he's over all of this. He's got it in control. Like, his hands have never left the steering wheel, and yet that's where the rubber meets the road is how do I take those far-off concepts and bring them into my everyday life that our theology matters. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, a big part of this whole spiritual formation journey is sometimes sometimes people shy away from it because they're like, well, why does it matter what I believe about God? Like, I, I don't know. I, I think some people think that. Like, they're like, I don't know, he's God, right? Like, why does it matter if I understand who he is? And to me, it's like, because every part of your life flows out of that. Whether you're consumed with worry, fear, all that kind of stuff. So, so we're talking about the Word of God, and so again, just the whole process of knowing God. Um, maybe can you dig a little deeper in how do we how do we use the I don't want to use the Word of God, but how is the Word of God, or how do we interact with the Word of God in such a way to help us get to know God? Are there some practical steps that you would kind of point people towards? Yeah, I mean. Um, there's lots of verses in the Bible that talk about who God is. And so just reading those, sitting and meditating on those. So what do I mean by that? Like, everyone's like, I'm not going to sit around, but just take a note card and walk around with it in your hand all day and be like, okay, God is this, God is love, God is good. Um, just letting those resonate into you, who you are and into your being until you believe them. And it's, and it takes time and it's a process. And I certainly am learning. And I think about you know, all the names of God in the Bible, like I don't know them all, um, and just taking some time to learn those different names and what they mean and the power of every single one of those names. And again, I certainly don't know them all, And um, but starting that process of just learning, of you know, each, each name of God and spending time understanding the depth of that meaning, um, meditating on it, repeating it, talking about it. I learn a lot by stuff like this, like talking about who God is, and I love talking about who God is. Um, and so just really understanding what other people think and what other people say, it really helps resonate it into your being. So, And because I'm a, I'm a pastor that's over small groups, we'll just take a moment to segue into the importance of community and small groups. Um, one of the pictures that I think is kind of a helpful concept is that of a, a big giant diamond. And, you know, diamonds have just tons and tons of facets, right? It's all the, it's what causes the sparkle when the light comes through it. You know, it's all these different facets that just refract light in all these different directions. And, um, and it's this great, beautiful, kind of like overwhelming thing. Or really, you look at, you know, a, a diamond that is one carat, it's huge as far as diamonds go, but really it's small, and yet it can have such big sparkle, you know. But all of these different facets are part of what make the diamond what it is. And, and, uh, and so I kind of, one of the pictures I have is like, God is this big, giant, you know, like humongous diamond. And you have people that are just all around on different sides of the diamond, and they're all... Um, and, and again, there is some, there is some uh, synchronicity to what they're seeing because we're grounded in the word of God. So it's not just this wild free-for-all. Um, but they all have different perspectives based on what they've journeyed through, 
the way God has met them in different situations and circumstances. And so they have, you know, a, a certain block of information about God that they've developed through the course of their life. And, and so, just like you said, we learn and we strengthen ourselves in our knowledge of who God is by talking about who he is. And, um, and that's where being a part of a good small group can be so life-giving because we're not then limited to just our own experience. We can actually benefit from other people's hurts and successes and all kinds of stuff as they can share those things into our lives and we can actually get a fuller perspective of who God is um, from those relationships. And actually, you know, to all you small group leaders out there, um, because, you know, Growing Faith podcast, we're all about small groups and pastoral care. So we're, we're talking to small group leaders on a regular basis. You small group leaders, make it, make it normative. Make it completely normal to sit around and talk about who God is, how great he is, the different parts of even how you, your relationship with God has been growing. Because that personal testimony of how you are growing in your relationship with God, your spiritual formation journey actually helps other people grow in their spiritual formation journey. And that's the way God has created it, right? In community with each other. And so. Yeah. And I'd even take that one level lower is take a, take a scripture that talks about who God is and talk about what that means to each person in the group. Um, and each person will have a different perspective of what that scripture actually speaks about who God is. And it gives you an even more robust version and image of who God is because you're pulling in everybody else's filters and experience of how they've experienced God um, and how he has um, been a part of their life. So, yeah, small group is awesome because we're called to belong, right? And so belonging allows us to... and to be a part of somewhere where we can grow in an environment that is invested in us and we invest in other people. And it's powerful and it's one of the main ways that we can grow is to be with people. So we started out today um, kind of laying out the, the definition, you know, what spiritual formation is, and then started to talk about just that first facet of spiritual transformation, uh, spiritual formation, um, it, it involves transformation, <laughs> um, and that is of knowing God. And so we've talked about knowing God um, through the Bible, um, specifically doing it through the whole Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, God being the same yesterday, today, forever, knowing God through community, processing who he is through the word of God, not just by yourself, but in community. And so all of those things are really, uh, really awesome uh, tidbits and pointers and things to help us in our journey. Would you say that you have um, any other, you know, practical points or any or kind of like wrapping it all up kind of thoughts? Like if you were to try to kind of sum it all up or um, even share just a little bit of your own personal story of, of, of your journey of knowing God and how that has how that has uh, brought you to where you are today. Sure. Um, just enjoy it. It's getting to know someone on an intimate level. Like it's not work. It's not to study God. It's to just enjoy a relationship with God and experience with God. So don't go out and try to do it. Just be in it. Um, and so I think about I've always been this achiever, right, and performer. I'm not that on the Enneagram, but it's probably up there. But um, And I always was like, okay, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to go do my 15 minutes. I'm going to do my devotions. Doesn't this count? I'm checking the box. 
And that's great, and it's a good habit to have. Um, but really trying to engage in spiritual formation is really trying to be open to what God has for you um, and to just enjoy it. And again, I always go back to the dance because it's a beautiful image for me of just, and I don't dance at all, so but it's a good image <laughs> um, of just dancing with God and just um, being open to where he wants you to go of what he has for you um, and just enjoying it really just enjoy it it's a relationship think about it as again we'll go back to um, these couples that know what it's like to fall in love and just the fun of falling in love and fall in love with God because I think that's something that we all know and we all crave is to be in love um, and those first however long it is that's what it should feel like as you just pursue this relationship with God and to know him better is just that same thing of being in love wanting to be with him wanting to dig deeper into the word and experience him. And so um, when I finally got away from being a performer and just sat in his presence, and sometimes I didn't say anything, I didn't read the Bible, I didn't do anything, I just thought about who he was, was some of the most powerful times of just letting it seep into me of what I believed God was and who he really was. That's a really good, that is such a good clarification or kind of adjustment that so often needs to be made because it. You know, I don't know. I think I think American culture lends us towards performance and towards doing. And, like, uh, there are a lot of other cultures in the world that are much more relationally based, and we are much more uh, performance-based in the United States for sure. I uh, won't necessarily, you know, pass that judgment on any other countries, but um, certainly in America, you know, we're, we're very uh, performance-oriented. And so to make sure that we adjust our hearts in that respect because if we turn if we turn our relationship with God into something to be done uh, we kind of defeat ourselves before we even get out get out of the gate um, and and like and I like the picture of the dance because um, to learn how to dance and flow it does take work mm-hmm. it does take um, practice it takes exercising of these of these things these simple steps I mean, I, I was in a play in high school and we had, there was a scene in the play where we had to do a waltz. So basically we had to learn how to waltz. It was a lot harder than I ever imagined. You know, you watch people, you watch people do it that have been doing it for years and it looks effortless and beautiful and fantastic. And I think sometimes we actually have that same experience um, in relationship with God because we see other people. And sometimes we're just seeing the performance side, you know, like the the public display side of relationship with God. Um, But it looks easy and it looks uh, beautiful and effortless, not realizing that, you know, that they're called spiritual disciplines for a reason, right? Because you kind of have to, you have to discipline yourself to get there and to, to be in that relationship, to take those steps. But as we commit ourselves to some of those things and we begin to get the feel, then it just, then it will tend to just flow and it will be, um, you know, you watch people that are just naturally like gifted at dancing and they've, they've practiced and they've learned. And it's just like, wow, that's, that's something right there. That's beautiful. Um, but we don't always see, you know, the, the nitty gritty. And so I, it's kind of a weird balance, you know, like you want to make sure that you're, you're kind of uh, lining up that performance thing and, you know, 
putting it down, you know, put that thing to rest and, and know that this is a relationship. God wants to know you. And, um, and I think we want to know him. And so he wants us to come to him. You know, if you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. Man, come on. What a, what a great God we serve. And so to let that be really the driving, that be the driving force is I, I want to know you and I know you want to know me. You're, you're my shepherd. You're my father. Like all of the different uh, ways that God has revealed himself to us and let that fuel the practice, right? The steps, the, the things that we have to learn, the disciplines, um, and not get it switched around. So don't try to perform your way into a feeling, um, but understand God's love and, and desire to be in relationship with us because that's who he is, right? He is a God that is in himself. He is complete community, you know, the, the Trinity working in perfect harmony, crazy. So God's so good. Um, well, Sue, um, I have really, really enjoyed, uh, this conversation. Um, kind of one of those moments where I'm like, man, it doesn't even matter if anybody listens to this episode because (laughs) I've been so, I've been so enriched actually by this conversation. It has encouraged me. Um, it has uh, refreshed me just to kind of remind ourselves of some of just the great things about the great God that we serve. And what a privilege it is to get to know him. And so thank you so much for spending time uh, with me and recording this together. Um, I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was actually a lot of fun. Cool. uh, See, I told you you it would be fun. I I told you. And uh, so, yeah, so we're definitely going to come back and we're going to talk about uh, some other topics in regards to spiritual formation. And um, to give you you an idea, we're going to talk about knowing yourself. We're going to dig a little deeper into that concept. We're going to talk about um, some spiritual practices, you know, like we just talked about learning the dance. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, a um, kind of a model of prayer, uh, centering prayer, or con- uh, contemplative prayer. I'm going to talk through that and then um, say the fifth one, because I will always say it wrong. So will I. <laughs> so you get to say <laughs> All it. All right. So uh, it's like Latin, right? Lectio, yeah, like Lectio Divina. And so... Uh, that uh, we're gonna we're gonna just tease you with that one, and uh, and so come on back for for the other episodes uh, around these topics. I think that you'll benefit and grow from them, and I know I will. So um, with that, um, as we grow in our relationship with God, as we are strengthened in that way, it will help us be really who God intended us to be which means regardless of what that looks like, it will be better than where you are today. It will be more fruitful than where you are today because we will be more like him. We will be more with him. And we want to make sure that our with him supports our for him. <laughs> that we're not just doing a bunch of work for God, but that we actually are working with him. And, uh, and that we keep that as the thing that keeps us healthy in this thing called ministry is say that growing faith podcasts were about equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry this is kind of the core of it folks like we need to be centered in our relationship with god and flow from that and not try to get all human effort and stuff mixed up in this because then we can really mess stuff up so with that i invite you to come back and uh, hear more about the spiritual formation process and I think uh, we'll have a good time growing 
through all of this. And with that, I just want to say thank you so much for being a part of our listening audience. It has been great to be together today. If you have any comments or questions or you want to give any feedback, feel free to reach out to me at rickm.manahouse.church. And I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode. With that, God bless you and have the most amazing day.